0: But one thing I did notice this last week and is a constant kind of reminder for me right now every time I talk to my dad on the phone is that every one of us, no matter where we're at in our walk with God, we're going to have these hilltop moments. Uh, And we're also going to have these valley moments, these moments that really test our faith and that we're going to have to lean on other people, whether for my dad, it's the overseers of the church or for you, it could be people in your life group, or maybe on a Sunday like today, God is challenging you to think about who is it in your life that can be there for you when things get bad? Who are you able to lean on? And I've been pastoring long enough uh, now to know that that day is going to come for everyone when you are going to need somebody. And really what I want to talk to you about over the next few minutes is why you want that to be the people that are in this room and in this church. Look, we can tell you, I could get up here and just for a few minutes share with you story after story of people who have been in plugged in a relationship in this church and the way that that has affected them from the first week that we started all the way until this last week a uh, tr- uh, tragedy that has struck uh, families uh, and all the way to moments where they were on the top of the mountaintops, but there's nothing that I think that uh, shares this point better than the word of God. So if you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you do me a favor and turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter four. Uh, I'm going to share a little block of scripture for you and we're going to break this down and then we're going to give you guys some time to walk around and shop some of these life groups. As you're turning there, I want to share with you what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about. There are like two and a half wisdom books in the Bible there's Proverbs, there's Ecclesiastes, and there's the book of Job. And the book of Job is kind of split in two, half of it being wisdom minded. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes was believed to be written by King Solomon. He was the son of King David. And this is what we're going to be diving into this morning because not only is relationship with each other, important uh, to new life church, we also know that it is important to God. So follow along with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless. Okay, now I've got this underlined for a reason up here. If you got your notes, underline it in your Bible or on your notes because anytime the Bible says the word meaningless, you know you wanna pay attention to what comes directly after it. If God is saying that there's this thing that we're gonna do that has no meaning in life, we wanna make sure that we don't do it and we study it. So it says meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child, Or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? And it goes on. It says, it is also meaningless. Here's this word again. And depressing. But here's where the good news comes in. This is where we need to pay attention to what we need to focus on. It says that two people are better off than one for they can help each other to succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Before we get into this, I want to ask you to go ahead and bow your heads. I'm going to pray over us this morning. Father, I just thank you. That your presence is going to be here this morning. Lord, I pray that these words that I'm speaking would not be my own, but they would be yours. Father, I pray that the people that are in this room who need relationships would find the right life group this morning. Anybody in here who maybe takes a shot and they give a a, a life group a shot and they realize that that life group is not for them, that Father, that they would be able to move on and they would be able to plug into another life group. Father, I know that there are relationships here that are going to last a lifetime that maybe do not exist yet. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Look, we know that this relationship thing is really important, uh, and whether you're a part of the church or not. Uh, in fact, Duke University and the University of Arizona, they did a study recently where they interviewed 1,500 people. And of those 1,500 people, 50% of them had no one outside of their family that they believed that they could confide in no one to listen to their struggles, and no one to celebrate with them in their successes. And that is a scary stat to me because we all know that everybody ends up a little bit more crazy when they're on their own. And again, this is something else that everybody knows, whether you're part of the church or not. We can can get a little crazy. Hollywood even knows this. Anybody ever seen the movie Castaway? Okay, all right. Remember, Remember Tom Hanks and his best friend, Wilson Okay, you don't? Okay, I got a picture for you. Check this out, all right? Tom Hanks was on an island all by himself, and his best friend became a volleyball. Uh, That is a little bit of craziness. The good news is, though, Tom eventually got off of that island, found himself a life group, and here's Tom Hanks now. Okay, so... So, so this could happen for you too. Some of y'all look a little crazy right now and y'all need a friend. And, uh, and you can get in plugged into these life groups this morning. But the reality is, it doesn't matter how talented you are, how gifted you are, how many gifts that God has given you. If you begin to isolate yourself, it will affect you in a bad way. I've been telling a lot of people lately this example. There's these two NFL players. Uh, right now, whether or not you like football or not, you'll get the point of the story uh, They are both about the same age uh, Both of them are right around 30 years old They have both been described as, by sports analysts as the greatest generational talents they have ever seen Both of them have been described as possibly the best wide receivers in the NFL However, right now if you were to Google both of them one of them's name is Julio Jones And he is the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And the other person's name, if you were to Google his name, is Antonio Brown. And nobody will even give that guy a job. And you can ask yourself why. Like, is one of them hurt? No. No, they're not hurt. But everybody who works with Julio Jones will describe him as one of the most coachable, teachable players they have ever been around. Everybody that works with Antonio Antonio Brown will describe him as being one of the most unteachable. Both of them are extremely talented. But one of them is still listening to the people around him that love him enough to tell him how to get better. So I don't know where you might be in your life right now, how confident you might be in your abilities. Please do not give up on relationships. Because we were not created to live our life alone. We are better together. This is exactly how we founded all of our churches at New Life Church, and it will continue to be how we pursue real relationships, learning about God's heart together in groups and being real with people, hanging out, bearing one another's burdens, laughing with each other, crying with each other, celebrating with each other, studying the word together, serving. There are people in this room who, because I have gotten in a life group with you, you are now a lifelong friend of mine. There are some people in this room that there's not a chance we'd ever be friends, okay, uh, <laughs> But I want you to know that we still have a life group for you. We are always going to pursue you. I want to know what's going on. So here I want to give you three lessons real quick of why you need to be in a life group. I'm going, to pl- I'm going to take them out of Ecclesiastes. But the first one that you need to know is that real relationships help you to succeed. Real relationships help you to succeed. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, I'm going to read this to you again. It says that two people are better off than one for they can help each other to succeed. Look, being connected with other men and women of God can help you succeed in everything that God has called you to be. I'm not just talking about a church on Sunday. I'm talking about holding on to your dreams. I'm talking about godly relationships can be the difference between you holding on to the dream that God has given you or you giving up on it. A godly relationship can be the difference between you being a good husband or being a bad husband. Being a good wife or a bad wife. Being a good mother or father or being a bad mother or father. When we have relationships who love us enough to look at us in the eye and tell us when we're off. Those are the kind of relationships we need. Look, I have all kinds of people in my life who I don't know where I would be without their relationship. And many of them are down here on the front row, whether it's Pastor Jim, or uh, Avery, or John Boyd, or Luke Brown, or Dr. Q. And all of those people would probably take a bullet for me, except for maybe Dr. Q. Uh, Okay, but also all of those people love me enough to look me in the eye and tell me when I'm off, and to tell me the truth. If I were to walk in and I were to be disrespectful to my wife, to Katie, they would look at me and tell me that that was disrespectful, and that I need to get better. Those relationships mean the most to me, because those are the ones that are pointing me towards God, not away from Him. I love seeing right now I've got two boys, and uh, one of them is about sixteen months old, His name is Bo, and he has recently uh, started to show a serious interest in potty training and uh, and so Uh, We're we're kind of excited about it. He's still young enough that it's really not successful uh, more than 50% of the time. So that causes all kinds of mess. All right. But what we've learned is that there's this certain face. And every parent in this room, you probably know what face I'm talking about. It's like a certain face and a certain grunt noise that signals, hey, things are about to start going down. But what we've realized is that we're not the only people that notice this noise, and we're definitely not the only people that are the most excited about it. Okay, because my three-year-old son, Jack, every time it's about time for Bobo to go potty, he starts flipping out in a good way. Like he looks at mommy and daddy like, mommy, daddy, Bo's about to go potty, Bo's about to go potty. He runs into the bathroom, puts some stairs underneath the toilet, puts his potty on top of the toilet, and then when Bo sits down, he will sit right in front of him and cheer him on. Okay, (laughs) all right, (laughs) I am not joking. Like, you can do it, Bo. All right, and then the cutest part. Is after they're done, Bo's not old enough to flush the toilet by himself yet. So they will both grab the handle and they'll flush together. All right, yeah, that's right. I'm a good dad. Uh, It's the cutest thing in the world. But I can't think of any act of relationship or love that is more sincere than that. And it started, and I love that it's starting with them at such a young age. Because I don't want it to end there. I want them to cheer each other on for the rest of their life. And know the Bible wants you to be cheering on each other and the relationships that you develop as well. Romans 12, nine says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Look, God has created you to have relationships and you're always gonna come up with an excuse not to pursue them, but I promise you it's worth it. Number two, real relationships help you get back up. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 10. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. This happened, uh, the example of this happened very recently for me. In fact, it was last Friday. There's a guy who's in our church. He's been begging me to go duck hunting with him. I love duck hunting. And, uh, and so we're going out and it's a perfect morning. We've got a little bit of a wind and there's like four of us going out there. Uh, woke up at three 30 in the morning, which is just normal for a duck hunter. And we're heading out there. But one of the things we didn't realize was how windy it really was. And when we're on our way out there, uh, the guy who's driving the boat decelerates. And when he does the bow of the boat goes down just a little bit enough for a wave to come over the bow. And it fills up the boat with enough water that within 30 seconds, our whole boat has capsized and we're all swimming in 20 feet of water with waders on. Uh, Which is a very scary moment. I don't want to make this seem too dramatic. Okay, but there was three of us who knew that we had to think pretty quickly to get out of this moment and that we were going to be okay. There was one guy, however, who did not handle it so well. And uh, he could not swim, and he began yelling this at the top of his lungs and how he didn't want to die. But all of the other three of us, while we were scared, we knew he was going to be okay. Why? Because he had us. And I had never been there before. I had never been in this situation before. But I was not going to let that guy drown. We were going to take care of him. The reality is that some of you in this room, you're drowning right now, and you have nobody around you to take care of you. You don't even have a close enough relationship to even admit that you're drowning and that you need some help. And I want you to know that these life groups can change that. There's not one pastor on this staff. There's not one life group leader that we have that I'm aware of that doesn't want to reach out and help pull you out of your mess. No matter how many mistakes you might've made, we want to help you. We want to be there for you. We don't want you to have to go through this on your own. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Well, we're going to be there for you in the good times and the bad times. Give us a shot. Show up, sign up for a life group, give it a few weeks, and watch how those relationships that you build can change your life for the better. If you're taking notes, write this down just on the side. It shouldn't be in your notes. But do you have anybody to help you up when you fall? Do you have anyone to help you up? Number three, last one. Real relationships help us stay strong. You start talking about this. This is where most of the guys in the room, we struggle on this because we're so prideful, man. Like you ever want to see how prideful a guy is? Go with him on a road trip without a GPS and see how hard it is for him to ask for directions. It is so difficult for us. I don't know why it is, but I know, I know it is. But we have to be willing and humble enough to admit when we need help. There's a story my dad has told uh, from the stage many times that I love. It's talking about Muhammad Ali. And Muhammad Ali gets on an airplane and he didn't want to buckle his seatbelt. The flight stewardess comes over to him and says, sir, I need you to buckle your seatbelt. And he looks at her and says, Superman, don't wear no seatbelt. And the, super, and the stewardess looked back at him so quick. She says, Superman don't need no airplane either. Buckle up, okay? Uh, I, I love that. But sometimes we need to be humbled like that. We need to be told, hey, you need help. You can't shoulder the weight of the world by yourself. In Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12, it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. I want you to see the difference in between somebody who's alone And the next uh, part of this sentence when it says, but two can stand back to back and not just not be defeated, they can conquer together. The difference between you being by yourself and you having somebody along with you can be the difference in you winning the battle that you've been fighting for years or for decades or for you continuing to lose to it. Having somebody alongside you who can pull you out when you're at your lowest. And three are even better. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Not only, guys, do we need help to succeed and encouragement to get up when we've fallen, we need accountability. And we are all always going to fight to get away from accountability because it hurts at times. We need it. We know that we need it. But we're always going to fight to get away with it and to get away from it. But the most hypocritical, weak, Sad form of love is the type of love that sees someone that they love in danger and simply hopes that it will work out for them. We need people around us who are willing to be there in the mess. It is not judgmental, ruthless, or wicked of me to look at my kids when they're doing something that could harm them like playing in the street and go and grab them and pull them out of the street. I love them. I don't want them to continue playing there. I don't look at them and say, oh man, try to be careful. Those things they'll hurt. No, I love them enough to say, come here, son. You can get hurt. These life groups that we're talking about today. It's full of people that will love you enough to pull you out of the street. Say, hey, you're heading towards something that's going to hurt you. You got to trust me. We need to invest in relationship and quit making excuses for why we can't. Somewhere in your seat around you, you should see a card. It looks like this. Uh, There's a few different spots that you can check. It's got a few different lines on the top for your name and your phone and your email. But if you could grab that card around you. And as you look at it, uh, I want to share with you that this is the vision for 2020 that has come from my dad. You might've heard him share this in a video recently where he was talking about daily devotions with God, but also us having weekly ministry. And then he's gone a little bit deeper into talking about the weekly ministry side because he knows that we all have different schedules and it's hard for us to maybe commit to leading a life group. But that doesn't disqualify you from doing ministry. Some of you, you're meeting with your friends right now and you're doing a Bible study. And what New Life Church wants to do is we want to get behind you in that. We want to give you materials whenever you are looking for, how do I start a Bible study? How do I start something at my workplace where I can take people through the word? How do I start a Bible study with my family? We don't want you to be alone in that. So if you'll fill this out and then check whether it's your family, your workplace, your hobbies, your life group, or a serve group that you're wanting to have more investment in, We will send you some materials. We will brainstorm with you on how to give you a way to be successful in those moments. Because we don't want people living life on their own because they're busy. No, we can still have relationships with one another. Because there are a lot of things that we do around here at the church. They really don't intimidate Satan or the devil that much. We got great lights. They're awesome. They look cool. Those don't intimidate Satan got these big banners around here. Those don't intimidate him. We got great screens. We even got Brandon Shatswell. But Brandon Shatswell on his own doesn't intimidate Satan. Hunter Beezed on his own doesn't intimidate Satan. It's when we get together and we begin to pray and believe and agree that God is enough and that he can be there in the worst of our circumstances and in the best, and we know that he is a good God and his son was enough. And we begin to declare that, that's what scares Satan the most. Look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. It says, also, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered, are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Satan has an answer for a lot of things. He has no answer for this. You don't have to gather in the church. You can gather around a living room. You can gather in a coffee shop, a cafeteria of your school. Two or three can gather together and play Frisbee golf, or God forbid you can even do it scrapbooking. Okay, but But you can gather together and declare that Jesus is enough. And it might feel like Satan has a counter for everything in your life, but he has zero counter for this. There is power in the name of Jesus and there is power when two or three are gathered together in his name. We are a relational church. We will live and die with this in mind. We will live our lives relational, caring about one another. And we want you to be a part of that. If you would, please bow your heads.